Welcome back to the Something's Brewing Podcast, episode 44. 44. The Dennis Seidenberg episode. Have you ever actually, now that now that um, we're on the Dennis Seidenberg topic somewhat, do you remember the call that Jack Edwards had when Seidenberg kicked the puck from the like from the blue line into the zone? And he just goes. And Dennis Seidenberg with some um, with some German soccer technique from the far side. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've seen that on YouTube before, dude. I'm it was one of the funniest things. Did you think his skates were cool or weird? I thought they were cool, but honestly, like I didn't really notice them that much, anyways. Me like either. every now and I'm then, su- you heard it, but I'm surprised that we haven't seen more players. Is it like his friend who made them? Like I'm surprised we haven't seen more players use those please i mean i guess there's not a whole bunch of german players in the nhl but like what if dry saddle came out and he's wearing those yeah and he's carving up the ice if dry saddle was wearing skates like that i would hear him turning from my house with how deep (laughs) his edges are and good of a skater he is shake the windows and just rattle (laughs) the entire foundation of the house it sounded like a thunderstorm i got my roof collapsing because dry saddle did a quick pivot up in edmonton (laughs) (laughs) oh my god hey actually well speaking of can a little bit um we both want to extend our deepest sympathies out there to all those people caught in the wildfires um obviously up here in the northeast new england we're experiencing some smoke and some haze and a couple of years ago too obviously the united states went through that out in california with you know all their wildfires seems like one's happening out there every single season but you know thoughts and prayers with you guys and um you know reach out to us if if you need anything if there's anything we can do to help you know if you guys need some some something sent up to your house money money i don't know anything i mean we're here for you guys um anything you need we're here but yeah i I just wanted to extend that to you guys yeah did you see the air quality index in new york i think it was yesterday it's terrible i saw it it was like the the official list of the cities the major cities in the world with the worst air quality and i think number two was like in india or china or it might have been in qatar and it was like it's on a one to 500 scale and number two was at like i don't know 130 or like 150 or something and new york city was like 360 something like it was horrible so if the air in new york is that bad and if the smoke is extending all the way down to virginia I can only imagine what they're going through up in Canada, man. That sounds horrible. And I've seen it all over Twitter. Like, it looks terrifying. The videos of the fire and the smoke in Canada, too. It's like 95% inhabited by trees and nature and everything. So uh, I can only imagine, you know, what's going on up there. So definitely sending some thoughts and prayers up to our neighbors from the north. Yeah, about 9.4 million acres have burned. 
That's crazy. That is insane. I know, I know Canada has a real bad fire season every year. And I thought I read that this is the start of the fire season this year. And it's not just because I know a lot of the smoke that's coming down right now is from, what was it, New Brunswick? And I and I believe there's some uh, up in Quebec too, but like it's like like it's all over Canada. I know Alberta's dealing with fires right now. There's some fires out in Western Canada, and like I think like the Detroit was covered in smoke. The whole East Coast is covered in smoke. Virginia it extends down to like Charleston, Virginia, or something like that, which is thousands of miles away from where these fires are occurring. So. If the smoke is that, if the the smoke cloud is reaching that far, I mean, you it kind of puts into perspective how ravenous and how big these fires are going up in Canada. Yeah, um, it's insane. So yeah, thoughts and prayers to you guys. But um, some hockey news. Obviously, Game Three of the Stanley Cup Final starts tonight. Vegas and Florida. Vegas is up two nothing. They're really dominating Florida too, dude. Like yeah, dom- dominating. Which is wild because if if. I think Vegas is the better team, and I think everybody knew, or I wouldn't say maybe everybody knew, but I think a lot of people felt confident that Vegas was going to win. But like, like game two, man, like that wasn't even close, and like no. it was, it's kind of embarrassing for Florida. Like I never want to count Florida out, but since they went down three one to the Bruins, there was something like eleven and four through the next two series and including three straight wins against the Bruins. They won in five against Toronto. They swept, albeit an injured Carolina Hurricanes team. And then they get to the Stanley Cup and finally somebody can finally stand up to these guys and say, wait, no, hang on. And now they're down to nothing. But it's going back to Florida. You know, all these Florida teams, not cross sports, but the Miami Heat too, man. They're just, Florida teams are a different animal when you play in their home barn. So even though they're down to nothing, I still wouldn't count them out at all. Yeah, no, I definitely wouldn't count him out. And that was Bobrovsky's first bad game, all playoffs. Like, I mean, he's human. He's bound to have a bad game. But you're right. You can't count on Florida. Um, Matthew Kachuk, I saw a stat. He had 26 penalty minutes in two games. I think he had had two two game misconducts. I mean. Yeah, (laughs) he's got quite the streak going. We'll see if he can get a third one this game. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, mean, if the odds, speaking of it, hey, if you're going to gamble, if there's a FanDuel.com slash Boston, you know, use that promo, get your bonuses, get your benefits. Um, The odds of Kachuk getting a game misconduct tonight are probably at like minus 110. Okay, but do you think that he deserved that game misconduct in no. game two? No. Did he no, get did he get the misconduct? Dude. I didn't I wasn't watching the game. I was watching highlights. Did he get the misconduct for when he fired the rat across the ice? It was that mixed with actually no, I think he fired the rat because he got the misconduct. I think he got the misconduct because of all the stuff after the hit that he made on Eichel. Because he absolutely obliterated he sent Jack Eichel back to Buffalo, dude. Dude, oh my <laughs> God. What a hit. Dude, and you saw too, like Eichel made it worse for himself. Obviously, he didn't do it on purpose, but he toe picked at the worst possible second. Oh, yeah. No, he totally had his head down. But what yeah. I love the most out of the whole situation, it was a great hit. Was I don't know if you heard Eichel after the game, but they were asking him, like, you know, what's what's going through your head other than like pudding when you got hit like that by Jack <laughs> Eichel? And he was like, no, man, like, you know, he caught him the head down. It was a great hit. You know, that's playoff hockey. And, uh, you know, he just, he just laid me out like shit happens. How yeah. I, I love that. He wasn't like, Oh yeah, dirty hit. He deserved a misconduct. No, he was like celebrating Makachuk. He loved it, which I thought was really cool. Well, the, the, that kind of encompasses everything that Vegas is doing right now in terms of not getting drawn into the bullshit. 
You know what I mean? They're not, they're not scrapping really after the whistles. They're not getting baited into, you know, Matt Kachuk's antics, Sam Bennett's antics. Um, I mean, they knocked Gudis out of game two. He got hurt. I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. sure if he's starting game three. I believe he's back. Yeah. They said he's he going to play. Yeah. I mean, Vegas is just, Vegas is just dominating every aspect of the series right now. Aiden Hill is playing out of his ass. I mean, he's a storyline in itself. Jonathan Marsh is so, and their team is so deep. I mean, they have William Carlson as their third line center. Mm-hmm. It's not even like Jonathan Marsh. So a guy who, who Vegas plucked from Florida and that expansion draft has been going nutty ever since they got him. Who's been playing well in the, uh, in the cup final as well. But what about Brandon Montour? Huh? I know ending game one hopped on a plane or maybe it was after game either way, right after he got off the ice of one of these Stanley cup finals games in Vegas, he hopped in a plane, flew to Florida. Um, I thought they said he landed at like 6 AM. His son Kai was born. He held him for about two hours and then he hopped in a plane, went right back to Vegas and he's playing again tonight or whenever the next game is. And it's like, oh, my God. And I think he was a guy, too. I think Montour, I heard, has logged the most minutes out of any defenseman in the, in the this year in the playoffs. Really? This guy's making, yeah, and this guy's making cross-country flights at, you know, in the, in the dead of the night to go meet his son who was just born and then flying right back to Vegas for game two. It's crazy. Dude, it's insane. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if you had to – if you were to pick right now, do you have a Conn Smythe favorite for each team? Because there's a couple, there's a couple that you could pick from on Vegas that you would be like, okay, I can see them winning. But then you would also be like, but but this guy has also been having an insane postseason. No, I don't know. I to be honest with you, I haven't really been watching a lot of Vegas in the playoffs, so I can't. I don't know if I have a very good guess for them, but mm-hmm. I still think for Florida, I think you have to. Uh, well, I would. I think my first pick would be Makachuk because he's just put this team on his back every chance he's had the opportunity to do so. Um, but I don't know. I think about like Bobrovsky as well. Like when he went in net in game, what was that? Game three mm-hmm. of the first round. I mean, talk about turning everything around. They wouldn't be in the Stanley Cup if it wasn't for Bobrovsky standing on his head in the first round against the Bruins and then, you know, powering them to a fight. He shut down that the the core four that Toronto had. I, I know that they were scoreless. None of them had scored a goal going into game five. I don't remember if any of them did. I know Austin Matthews didn't. Thank yeah. the Lord. Cover star. <laughs> fraud. And then in the Eastern Conference Finals, of course, he was huge in that sweep against Carolina. So I think it, from Florida, it, it, it has to be one of those two. But you could also include Brandon Montour. Because the guy had a goal in like his first five or six games he played in as a defenseman or whatever the hell it was. So I think you have options on Carolina. Who do you think? I mean, Carolina on Florida. Who Carolina. Do think, who do you think for Vegas, though? You could go Marcheseau. You could go Eichel. You could, hell, you could even go Mark Stone. Um, I said Eichel already, right? Yeah. Yeah. D- yeah. He's probably front runner right now for Vegas. And that would be an insane story too. coming from Buffalo, winning a cup in Vegas, leading that team. Um, this is his way, first too, playoff as well, right? Yes. And, and he t- he took that hit from uh, from Kachuk, got knocked out of the game. And then it, in I think it's like it was his either first or second shift back on the ice. He like barrels down the ice. Full rocket blaster skates on, and he just feeds. I think it was Marcia so for a goal. Mm-hmm. And it was nuts, dude. It, it, one of the best things I've ever seen. But do you think? Do you think is it 
is it possible for a coach to get a con Smythe? <laughs> Give it a Bruce Cassidy. <laughs> I don't think so. I know, dude. I don't. Okay. I don't really want to get too deep into it because I think it's overblown and I think it's only a very minor um, part of, of Bruins fans that are saying that, you know, the Bruins made us a mistake moving on from him. I just need your opinion. I want you to speak on that really quick. On Yeah, no. I think that it's... I think we, no. I think I don't even have the words because it's kind of such an asinine discussion to even have. It's so stupid. Um, yeah, I, I know we've talked about this before, but I mean, like, come on, Bruce Cassidy. What did we say? What is his his whole playoff experience while he's been in Boston has been nothing but disappointment. I mean, I know that he's gotten them farther than the first round where the Bruins made it this year, but they lost the Stanley Cup Finals that they should have won. They've lost in the Eastern Conference. I mean, they've never won anything. And he wasn't fired because he couldn't succeed in Boston. He was fired because he lost the locker room because Bergeron and Krejci were going to retire if Bruce Cassidy was back because, uh, what's his name? Jake DeBrusque went up and requested a trade because he hated playing with uh, he hated playing under Bruce Cassidy. Like all of these, like all of these things have come out since Bruce Cassidy left. So if you want to compare, talk about the regular season. If Bruce Cassidy's here, Bruins don't have sixty-five wins. Bruins don't have one hundred and eighty thousand points. Bruins aren't the one seed, probably. <laughs> if Bruce Cassidy's here, that means that the Bruins though probably don't make the trade deadline acquisition of Tyler Bertuzzi. They probably don't get Orlov. They probably don't get Hathaway, which you know don't look like much now because the Bruins are out. But Bertuzzi is a guy that they're trying like hell to bring back Orlov and Hathaway, although Hathaway fizzled out. He really didn't do much once the Bruins got him. But Orlov was huge for powering this Bruins team into the playoffs, although at times it looked like he was playing with two left feet. (laughs) These were huge moves that wouldn't have been done if Bruce Cassidy was here, because I think it's we can all say there's no way that the Bruins are in this position having the season that they had if Bruce Cassidy is still here. I mean, there's a million different things that are different. And if Bruce Cassidy is doing something great in Vegas and you know, I love Bruce Cassidy. I liked him when he was a coach here. I understood. And I, I understand that, you know, his voice got stale. And at the end of the day, I'm not in the locker room. And if all of these Bruins players, although they haven't directly said it, I think you don't have to put glasses on to read the fine print. He was not liked in that locker room and his message got lost and that happens. And he's in Vegas they're listening to him because he's a great coach. Don't get me wrong. And and he's showing you that by what he's doing in Vegas. But if Bruce Cassidy was still here, uh, I doubt the Bruins are the one seed. I doubt that they have the regular season that they have. Bergeron's probably gone. Krejci is probably gone. DeBrusque is traded. And, and who knows what we have here. So I think it's a ridiculous comment. I think it's almost like one of those butterfly effect things. Like you can't just just take Bruce Cassidy and plug him into this team exactly as they are. Because if Bruce Cassidy was here, there would be so many things different from just how this roster was constructed. So I've been seeing a lot of that discourse on Twitter too, of people saying, Oh, especially from the sports hub and, and WEI because they don't know shit when it comes to hockey, but they've really been the ones who have been peddling this because they see it as an opportunity to get under Bruins fans skin and us rational fans know that that's not the case. And right, happy right. for Bruce Cassidy. He's doing a great job coaching in Vegas, but it would not be the same if he were still here in Boston this year. No, Adam Jones literally said that the Bruins team should feel like complete losers. Like you're like, shut up, Jones. I've never heard that guy have one good take, honestly. Swear to God. Oh, I but, know. But speaking about how Jake DeBrus, uh request, you know, his previous trade request, um, an interesting guy who 
seems to request a trade every single season <laughs> until he ends up in Montreal where he wants to be is Pierre-Luc Dubois. Um, he's making five mil right now for two years. Um, let's see here. Ba, ba, ba. Last season, he I, I think he had a career year last year. Um, let me see, but he's a center and, and there's some people saying the Bruins should try to trade for him. And I'm totally against that. You know, he's, he's been very vocal about wanting to be in Montreal. Um, whether or not Montreal wants him, that's up to them because they do have a lot of depth at center right now. But Pierre-Luc Dubois is a very under the radar, sneaky, really good hockey player. Um, 434 games in his career. He's got 302 points. He had 63 points this year in 73 games. Um, that is a career high. Average is about 60 a season. But would you trade for him? Is that an option in your mind? I think if a lot of uh, cataclysmic events happen with this roster, then yes, I would welcome him in with open arms. I mean, he's young, he's 24, I, and you're right, he's a good player. I think a lot of the negative discourse around Pierre-Luc Dubois is is about how his career started. I mean, he was the third overall pick, and then he was traded straight up for Patrick Laine, a guy who had 44 goals his second year in the league. Mm-hmm. So I think just because of that, people were thinking that, oh my God, this guy has to be a superstar. And he hasn't hit that yet. I mean, you know, he, uh, he can still kind of, it, who knows, he could go off for 35 goals next year. But, you know, like you said, career year from this year, uh, 27 goals. He had 28 the year before, 63 points this year. That's his career high. He's a really, really solid player. But um, that $5 million cap hit, I think, could be used better spent somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And if Bergeron stays, I would feel better having Zaka as your second line center and then using that money to say get another winger for him or I don't know get another defenseman than I would say to trade for Pierre-Luc Dubois because then I mean you can put Zaka on wing but then that's going to hurt re-signing Bertuzzi because you just lost some money and then you have to trade Olmark right because you have to somehow get some money out the door and then I think that just opens up more problems cap related that the Bruins already have so I think for that reason I would pass on him. Yeah, I think I would pass too. I think mainly the the main reason I would pass is because he's been so vocal about wanting to be in Montreal. So when he's a free agent and that contract finally runs out, I think his mind is set on Montreal. Um and also it again it depends on what Montreal is thinking too. They have Nick Suzuki, um they have they have somebody else who's escaping my mind right now, but they have center depth. Um, so I don't know if they would want to sacrifice that youth for Pierre, Pierre-Luc Dubois, a guy who is seems to be disloyal to every team that he goes to, seems to want to switch up wherever he, you know, thinks he wants to go. He seems to always be wishy-washy in that. Yeah, you know, this kind of stuff has always bothered me so much when players – like force their way out of situation after situation after situation because they're dead set on playing for one team. And I don't know, maybe it it shouldn't because like, it's not my life, but like as a fan and as a fan of the sport, like it, it pisses me off because I feel like it hurts competition. If you have this player and Pierre-Luc Dubois is no scrub. I mean, this is a guy who's, 
who's been right under 30 goals now three times in his career, who's 24 years old, and he's telling you, I want to play for them. I'm 24 years old. I want to play for the Montreal Canadiens and nobody else. So, like, you know, what does that tell the rest of the league? Again, I hate crossing sports, but a lot of these big market teams with this rich, rich history in other sports, really not that much of a, of a problem in the NHL, they can never be bad because you have all of these players who grew up idolizing this organization saying i will do anything to play for them a perfect case study is the los angeles lakers they can yeah. never be bad they had one off season where they had the worst record in lakers one season they had the worst record in lakers history they had like 15 wins or some shit like that <laughs> and then like within two years lebron james signs with the lakers anthony davis who's one of the the premier big men of this era says i'm playing for the lakers and nobody else and what do you know they win a ring in 2020 because of it and like the canadians it's different because the nhl i feel like doesn't i feel like it doesn't have this whole teams i feel like are more loyal with either who drafted them or who gave them an opportunity so this yeah. is in, in my memory really the first time i can remember i know uh, john tavares was all about going to the toronto maple leafs but it wasn't like he was peddling the whole time he's in new york saying when my contract is up i'm going to the islanders damn it like pierre luke dubois has been doing like there's a reason he got shipped out of columbus and there's a reason that winnipeg has been trying to move him because he only wants to play for montreal and that's why i think it would be so funny if montreal who suddenly has a lot of young depth on that team especially after locking up cole caulfield too if they were like yep. No, we're good. Yeah. Well, what are you going to do now? Because you just burn your bridges with pretty much every team in the NHL who they were, you basically told them, no, don't come get me. Don't give me a shot because I'm only playing for Montreal. And I think that that would be hilarious if Montreal said, no, we don't want you. Yeah, oh my god! Back to Winnipeg. It would be it would be so funny. Like, and then and then you're if that happens though, then other teams are going to be able to get him at a bargain and be like, mm -hmm. all right, buddy, like you really don't have any other options. So this is what we're going to offer you. This is how many years. Take it or leave it. Either, and that's, either take this deal or don't play at all. Basically. Yeah, and that's why I feel like it's such a big risk because either way, he's setting himself up for immense pressure. Because yeah. say Montreal does pay him and they do you know, satisfy his dream and he goes up there and he stinks it up. Like Montreal fans are ruthless. It's the mecca oh, of hockey in the world. And this guy has been begging you to sign him. They finally sign him and he goes into Montreal and he sucks. Well, like, you can't say, "Oh, I want. I've always wanted to play for San Jose." No, you've yeah. already been. You've already been told how bad you want to play for Montreal. And if he and if Montreal says no, we don't want to sign you. Well, then he's going to turn around and look at the rest of his team. It's going to be like the uh, the Fresh Prince meme when Will Smith walks in the living room and all the furniture's gone. That's going to be Pierre Luc Dubois because there's going to yeah. be no team trying to sign him because he's basically been telling him all to shove it the last couple of years. So yeah, I don't know. He he found his way out of Columbus. Got to Winnipeg and now he's trying to, you know, snake his way out of Winnipeg too. So it's going to be interesting to see where he ends up. But I'm in the same boat. I don't think the Bruins there's there's better options that the Bruins can use um, their assets for other than Pierre Luc Dubois, a guy who probably won't even want to be here anyways. I was going to say if he comes to the Bruins and he's always wanted to play for Montreal that badly. I feel like there's a significant chance that he will sabotage this. Yes. yes. <laughs> yes. Like he will, uh, he'll be pouring water in people's sticks. You know, he'll be putting a little sandpaper in the bottom of skates before they go out on the ice. I mean, there's no saying, I don't trust this guy as far as I can throw him. Damn it. I don't want him in this Bruins locker room. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the, so there was a r report as well. The Bruins are exploring a trade to clear cap. 
And this was a legit report. It wasn't just someone on Twitter saying it. So I put out a poll and I asked who everybody thought it was going to be and why. Uh, the options were Allmark, combo of Forbert and Grizz, Marshawn, question mark, question mark, or other. Now, there were 829 votes. Damn! Olmark, Olmark had My dad's pulling of numbers. <laughs> he had 43% of the votes. Combo of Forbert and Grizz had 48% of the votes. Marshawn had 2% of the votes. And Other had 7%. Um, there were a lot of people mentioning Taylor Hall as well in the other category. Uh, people said if they trade Marshan, they're not watching hockey next year. Um, but most of the people were in favor of some some combination of Forbert, Grizzlick, or Allmark. They got to do something, and it's it's there. There's rumors that maybe something happens before the draft. We get some draft capital. Um, I know Columbus is looking to add a defenseman, and they said that that third pick is up for grabs. So I'm not sure if you can swing that. But if you can, I would try to at least pump the tires and see what they're looking for. Mm. Yeah, I, th- you know, I voted in that poll and for the life of me, I can't remember what I said. But it's, <laughs> it stinks because I would definitely be between Forbert Grizzlick and Olmark. And no matter how you chop it up, both of those moves would be salary dumps, unfortunately. Right, but right. I feel like Forbert and Grizzlick would be more of your traditional salary dump or would be like, Take these guys and we'll take your third round pick or your second round pick or whatever it is. But I feel like Olmark, they could they could really get something for him. Yeah. So I could. feel like I would rather give up Grizzlick and Forbert, I think. I'm not confident in saying that. I would rather give up the two of them together over Olmark. But I think for this purpose, I would almost rather give up Olmark just because you should be able to get more back for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it, it, it's... Interesting because both of your goalies have value right now. Mm-hmm. Swayman has value. Um, I think his ceiling is higher than Allmark's. I'm not saying that Swayman will have a better year than Allmark did this year because I don't think. I mean, that's just. I think you're going to have a hard time finding anybody having a better year, right? Than Allmark just had. Right. That's what, right. Exactly. Like no goalie is going to be capable of, uh, you know, confidently repeating those numbers that he did mm-hmm. this year. But I think it, it, I would go Allmark, dude. And then you and I would go all three, honestly. Get Allmark, Forbert, and Grizzlick. Yeah, if get you, those guys the hell out of here. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> dude, like you have you have Brandon Bussey coming up. Um, if he's not ready, sign a veteran backup at a minimum deal, roll with Swayman. Um, and then Forbert and Grizz, I mean, sorry. For, Forbert can go. I don't yeah. care. See ya, bud. Yeah, Forbert can go. Grizzlick will hurt a little bit, and it's it'll be interesting to see what that defensive core looks like without Grizzlick in the lineup because we've seen well, we that saw it in the, the playoffs three or four years. Right, right. Yeah, how'd that go? <laughs> Ridiculous. But it, it will be helpful, I think, moving both of those in the same trade because you do have Fluoride now in the system, and he'll be yeah. some minutes. What do you think, though, about the? Now I don't know if it's true or not because you're more in the in the Bruins Twitter sphere now than I am. But what's going on with all this talk about Shane Wright? So it was so Brett Howard um, of the Only Bruins Pod. 
I, I suggested, you know, Shane Wright's not happy in Seattle. He's kind of fallen out of favor with their management and their and their coaching staff. Um, Shane Wright himself isn't happy with the way that his first year was handled at all. And, I don't blame him. I mean, if you're Seattle and you have this guy in your system, it doesn't seem like it's really working out. He fell in the draft to number four. So clearly there's something there that teams don't like. And Seattle must have seen it too in, in developing him. He mentioned Swayman and a couple other assets for Shane Wright. I would not mind that. I'd be hesitant on Swayman, but you're taking a chance on a guy who was basically the consensus number one pick for basically an entire year. Basically up until the night of the draft, he was like the consensus number one pick. Yeah, and I think we were all as confused as he was in the stands when he was still there at number four when when Seattle yeah. rolled around. But um, no, that would be that would be really interesting. I I'm definitely with you. If it was if Swayman was involved, I would definitely hesitate a little bit or have to take some yeah. time to think about it. But if you're Olmark, now if we're talking Olmark for Shane Wright, oof, I think I'd be all over that. That I would be, I would, oh my God, I'd be all over that too. Cause then you keep your young goalie, um, you keep both of your young goalies and you get, you know, you, you, you trade in, um, a Linus Allmark who just had a career season, a historic season setting records left and right. And you trade him for a player who plays a position that you desperately need to replenish. Mm-hmm. He's young. His ceiling is, extremely high even if he may have fallen out of favor a little bit he's still Shane Wright you saw him produce in juniors he was a top five pick regardless um and if you can swap out Allmark and still keep Jeremy Swayman as your number one goalie and have Shane Wright in your system maybe even play next year I would do that all day at a at a at a $950,000 salary cap too I believe yeah, and I feel like Seattle too. Like I, I feel like if the Bruins came calling and offered one of obviously if they offered Swayman, but if they offered Omark as well, I feel like they would seriously listen. I don't mean I don't. I think it would take a little more from the Bruins than just offering straight up Lena's Omark for for Shane Wright. But like you know, thinking about Seattle cracking this year, if they had Lena's Omark in that, I know he kind of pooped his pants in the playoffs. But if they had Lena's Omark, like the Lena's Omark that we thought we were going to get in the playoffs. Who knows? They could be in a Stanley Cup final right now. Well, I mean, the thing is, like, with Shane Wright's value, where where is his value right now? Yeah. What is that at? Is it is it more valuable than Allmark or is it less valuable than Allmark? I, I genuinely don't know because we well, didn't get to see him at all. It's really tough, too, because I also don't really have a grasp on what Allmark's value is. Like, on, right. on, one, on one hand, he just had a historic season and he's making $5 million, but... I think it's going to be really hard for anybody to scrub his playoff performance out of their mind. And also, too, we mentioned before, he has an injured hip. The guy who's turning 30 who plays his style with an injured hip, I mean, we don't know how serious that could be or if it could have any sort of ramifications to his play. We all saw what happened to Tuka Rask. As soon as he hurt his hip, he suddenly retired like a year and a half later. Um so I you know I'm not saying that Linus Holmark is going to retire, that he's going to all of a sudden become a shell of himself. Not at all. I think he's going to have a very good career ahead of him still. But 
I think that, you know, if you're trading a goalie like Linus Olmark, who still has a couple years left on a great deal, and if you're trading a player like Shane Wright, who you just took fourth overall, I mean, these are the things you really have to think about when you're making these franchise altering trades. So, um, but, you know, thinking about Shane Wright, if he were to hit his potential with the Bruins, oh my God, that would be a lot of fun because he is a dog. Yeah, I mean... You can't really compare him to Connor Bedard, right? Because Connor Bedard had like 160 you can something. Really compare points. anybody to Connor right, Bedard. Right, right. <laughs> There's something about the name Connor and hockey right now. <laughs> it's like if you have a son, and and you want him to go to the NHL, name him Connor. Oh, I was counting last. I was like, yeah, and if you have six letters in your last name, but I was like, wait, McDavid, MCD. No, <laughs> and it's funny that we're talking about Shane Wright because. Earlier today, I was listening to, I think it was episode seven that we did when, and I think I randomly brought up Shane Wright in that episode saying, and and back then I was saying how unhappy he was in Seattle because that was when everything happened where there was some sort of disconnect between, it might've been Seattle's head coach with Seattle's president or their owner or something. I think it was was Hacksaw. Yeah. And it was like the, it was the executive I think the executive wanted Shane Wright to play more and the head coach was like, not happening. Like, this is my team. You don't tell me what to do. So if you were looking at Shane Wright's game log, like his first couple games, it was like, you know, 12 minutes, 15 minutes, 18 minutes. And all of a sudden it was like five minutes, five minutes, four minutes, four minutes, three minutes, DMP, DMP sent down to the AHL. And like, that was it. And it, and it's, which is why you were saying like there is a reason the consensus number one overall pick slipped to number four. So right. I don't know if maybe he doesn't take the game seriously or he's an issue in the locker room or whatever it might be. Um, but you know, if you have that kind of talent and he's that young and you have this kind of culture with these leaders in the Bruins locker room, hell yeah, I'm taking a flyer on that guy and I'm getting him in this team to see if we can shape him into the player that he was always supposed to be. I mean, dude, he's 19 years old. When you're 19, you have a mush brain and you are literally an idiot. Like, oh, yeah. You hey, were, we were all 19 once. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you're literally stupid. Like you, don't, <laughs> like, you don't know anything about the world, but you think you do. And when you're, when you're 19 years old and you're Shane Wright and people have been hyping you up forever, calling you a generational talent, an elite, a future elite first-line center in the NHL, you're going to have an ego. It, like... You're it's it's inevitable. You're gonna have an ego, and oh, then yeah. sudden, suddenly you slip down to four, and then your promised playing time, and then your coach benches you, sends you back down to the AHL, and then goes back to the OHL. You're gonna be pissed. You're not gonna be happy, and oh, it's gonna yeah. be a, it's gonna be a reality check for you too. Especially like because this isn't this is a very unique situation for Shane Wright because. Seattle Kraken. I mean, this is like, is this, what is this, their third year in existence? Their second year in existence? I believe it's their second. Either way. I mean, Shane Wright, I mean, fourth overall pick, a team that has like, he, like, they don't have a culture. They're still trying to build it. And this would be Shane Wright, the selection of Shane Wright would be like their first team superstar. Like, he, like, Shane Wright is the Seattle Kraken. And it sounds ridiculous now because the guy has eight career NHL games. But I promise you, when he was drafted, they did a lot of research into this kid before they selected him because this is the future of their team that they're building here, the future of this organization. And for Shane Wright, an 18-year-old kid from Canada, moving to Seattle to play for an NHL team that is literally two years old 
and and you're being heralded as you know the the next the the next what am i the first great seattle kraken player ever like you are the he's, franchise he's, he's right behind tanov yeah like I'm, <laughs> I'm sure that that like impacts your your development or the way that you see yourself or like you said your ego like i can't like this is a situation that i feel like nobody really has any experience in like vegas who was vegas's first so did they even have a good pick because they went to the Stanley Cup their first year in existence? Like, this is such a unique situation. Well, dude, I'm pretty sure Vegas as a team right now, in their team, their roster that's playing in the Cup, they have one of their drafted players in the lineup. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And like for for Seattle, like, like I said, like an 18-year-old kid in Shane Wright, you're moving to Seattle to play for this team who... They have no history and they're putting their entire franchise in you as their your first homegrown star, our first high lottery selection. Like you are going to be our guy. You're going to be the captain someday, probably. I'm sure they didn't say this, but I'm sure these are the thoughts going through everybody's head. And for him to go there and to have all of this disconnect with executives and coaching staff, and then you only play eight games and suddenly you're in the AHL, like, I don't know what happened those first couple months since he landed in Seattle, but something had to have happened because I feel like that this doesn't just like they they could have really used Shane Wright this year if he could have performed the way that they thought he would. As your light goes out, it happens every time. Second episode <laughs> of the row. Um, yeah, I mean, if you can go, if you can somehow pull Shane Wright, if you can somehow pull Shane Wright out of Seattle without losing too much i mean and, and i don't think losing Olmark slash swayman would be too much and then i think one of those guys plus another asset would get it done i really do but the only problem though is that <clears throat> we're hedging this entirely on shane wright's potential because he's shown you absolutely nothing in his play to warrant him being the fourth overall pick to warrant him having a price tag that of equivalent to swayman or Olmark. So if the Bruins do make this trade, I know it sounds like, hell yeah, surefire thing, let's do it. The Bruins do make this trade and say, trade Jeremy Swayman for Shane Wright, and then Olmark sucks, or Olmark gets hurt, or for whatever reason, Olmark just isn't the Olmark that the Bruins needed him to be. Well, now this is a disaster because you just traded your 24, 25-year-old franchise goalie for a guy who's a bum. And Shane, if Shane Wright comes over here and he's the Shane Wright that we've seen with two points in eight games and, and never turned into that player, well, then that's a disaster class. That's in how to uh, mis pro- mishandle an organization. So um, yeah. there is a bit of a risk involved. And by a bit of a risk, I mean there's a substantial risk involved if you're the Bruins making a trade like that. But – at the same time, if Shane Wright becomes a player he's, he could be, I think that the risk is worth the potential reward. I think so, too. And I think it, it's kind of crazy, but I think he might need that. I think he might need a change of scenery because the way that this has started off in Seattle for him, I don't think he's going to reach his full potential with the Kraken. I think, yeah. I think that was kind of squashed this season it makes me really want to know what happened though like why this like why this happened and like i guess at the end of the day they didn't necessarily need shane right because they had a lot better season than everybody expected they would they made a little bit of a playoff run here but you know if they did have shane right and if he played like that of a 
former unanimous number one overall pick. I mean, who knows what Seattle could have done this year? They could have made even more noise, but um, it's one of those things. I guess we'll never know. Never know. Um, so let's see here. We we uh, fielded some questions today on Twitter. Um, I'm going to go through this one right here. So this one comes in from Bees Memes. Love the PLL. You can follow them on Twitter at Big Bad Bees Memes. There we go. There's the light. There we go. We're back <laughs> in business. Um, he asks, two realistic locations for expansion, Canada and the United States. So one one in Canada, one in the United States. For an expansion <sighs> team, not necessarily for Arizona relocating. I think that the most realistic one in the United States is Houston. Okay. Okay, hang on. Time out. Let's say Arizona relocates to Houston, and so now take Houston out, expansion team in both Canada and the United States. I've been pushing this for a long time. I think that Milwaukee should get a team. Mm. I think that it's a home run. I think that Wisconsin has a strong enough hockey culture. They don't have a single hockey team in that whole state. They already have a stadium in uh, Milwaukee where the Bucks play. I mean, I know it's easier said than done, but, you know, throw an ice rink under that thing. Every other team in the country's done it. Um, I think that Milwaukee would be a great location for a team. Um, it would suck flying out there, but whatever. Canadian teams, ah, this is where it gets a bit tricky because – I can't, I can't really think the fan in me wants Quebec city to get a team. I think that would be mm-hmm. so much fun if they could bring the Nordiques back or whatever it was my hut team almost every year was the called the no Deeks and her logo yeah. was the, was the Nordiques logo. I thought that that was, quite clever. <laughs> um, but no, I would love Quebec city to get a team, but you know, I just, I, I know that that, that city is passionate I know that they love their hockey and I'm sure that they would go crazy for the Nordiques or whatever team they bring back. But I just feel like it wouldn't do well nationally. Like I just, I, I don't yeah, know. Man. I just feel like the market isn't big enough in Quebec city. It's right down the street from Montreal. Like I just, they, they left Quebec city for a reason in the first place. And I feel like you would have a hard time putting a team back there. Um, dude, I don't know. I think, um, Okay, so for the I'll, I'll I'll do my Canadian pick first. I I'm not gonna say Quebec City. I'm gonna say Halifax. Halifax ah. would be really cool. I think is um, Halifax a big city. I think it's uh, let's see. I I think it's a top ten city in Canada in terms of population. They got four hundred and thirty one thousand people. Oh, so that's like what a couple Columbus, Worcesters? Maybe? A couple <laughs> Worcesters. Just add, just add like three or four Worcesters, and that might be it. Um, uh-huh. Trying to see, I'm trying to see where it is in terms of geography. If it's near any. Oh uh, my god, all of our all of our Canadian listeners right now are having a freaking heart attack trying to listen to us put together Canadian geography and big <laughs> cities in Canada. They're like, dude, it's right. Next to whatever, I don't know. Yeah, you know what they could do. What I'm about still trying to find it? What about um, a team representing um, a province? Like that uh, would be interesting. Like they could have a team from uh, Halifax is in Nova Scotia. They could have a team representing Nova Scotia, like the New England Patriots. Ooh. They could have the Nova Scotia 
the Nova Scotia um, sea bass. Yeah, the, the Nova Scotia <laughs> sledders. No, the, the Nova the Scotia Nova, ice fishers. The Nova, the Nova Scotia icemen. You know what they should Except do? Except that's already in uh, junior team. They should entirely brand their team like the Halifax team from Goon. <laughs> they were from Halifax in that movie, right? I believe Dougie, so. Dougie Glatt. Uh, there's a couple big cities in in uh, in Canada without a team. Um, the biggest Canadian city without a team is Quebec City, which has about three quarters of a million people as of 2021. Uh, Hamilton is right underneath that. London, Ontario, but I know they have a pretty big juniors team out there. So Dude, I think so, that's part of the problem too with introducing a, a Canadian team in the NHL is the popularity of the CHL and those yeah. Canadian juniors. Like that's why you don't see a lot of, even though football is huge in the Southern United States, that's why you don't see a lot of those Southern uh, NFL teams like Alabama doesn't have a team. Uh, Georgia has a team, but they suck ass. Um, yeah. but, but like for, for Canada, like they already have their hockey fix. Like the CHL is massive up there. Well, I I kind of like the province idea. So yeah. I, just, I looked up what is Nova Scotia famous for? So the province of Nova Scotia is famous for its high tides, lobster, fish, blueberries, and apples. It also is known for an unusually high rate of shipwrecks. Oh, okay. So, dude, you could you could do something. You could have a lot of fun with that. That's what I'm saying. Like the Nova Scotia, uh, you got to help me here. The Nova, the Nova Scotia, Scotia apples, right off the, the Nova rip. Scotia, <laughs> no, the Nova Scotia Granny Smiths. They could do uh, well because the Celtics uh, G League team ditched a name. We could do the Nova Scotia Red Claws, and their logo could, could be a lobster. You could. We could do uh, the Nova Scotia. I like the whole shipwreck Ooh. idea. The Nova Scotia Tide. And you have like a wave as their logo or something like that with a shipwreck in the background and a lighthouse. The Nova Scotia. Well, then that's like a rip up of rip off of the Islanders old logo, though. The Nova Scotia so. Riptide. Ooh. Now, I feel like I feel like Riptide has carries more of a tropical connotation, which isn't really Canada. The Ooh, Nova. I, like I don't know, but I think you could really have a lot of fun with that. With you could. A, a problem and also it would it would be a sure fit to just put them in the atlantic division i mean right they're, they're right next to the bruins they're right next to montreal toronto like detroit is a bit of a flight but it, it's shorter than it would be if they were in like the central or some shit and that kind of solves your ottawa problem too because they've been sort of looking to maybe move that team because yeah. they don't technically have like a like a giant fan base you know what i mean yeah, and like it, it, I'm gonna look up the population of Nova Scotia because now I'm excited. You know what? Brett has kind of Brett from Only Bruins has kind of been speaking this Shane Wright thing into a discourse. People are talking about it on Twitter. Damn it! Let's get this Nova Scotia thing going, huh? Let's bring a team to Nova Scotia. Yeah. No, that's uh, the biggest question though is where they would play in Nova Scotia. I think that would be Halifax, right? Probably Halifax. Yeah, because it's the biggest. I think it's the biggest city in Nova Scotia. Yeah, yeah. In terms of population, you're right. But like Halifax isn't huge. Three hundred three about three hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah. Like it's it's forty it's forty seven percent of the province's population. Oh damn, okay. So uh, oof. 
Well, that that might change things a little yeah, bit. Yeah, they're spread out a little bit, huh? <laughs> the 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 entire population of Halifax is um is less than Ottawa. <laughs> oh, see, but Ottawa. Oh is wait, like... no, sorry, not Halifax. I meant the entire population of Nova Scotia is less than Ottawa. Oh, oh. Oh. <laughs> all right well there's some workshopping to do there i think that would be cool though <laughs> but, yeah. but um in terms of the united states i wouldn't mind seeing a team more out west maybe like utah you utah know would be cool utah would be interesting well i think that there's been a lot of conversation that hockey doesn't really survive out west and i think that mm-hmm. the coyotes are like they they take 80 percent of the blame for that because they can't figure anything out but right, like those right. california teams they're doing okay the kings aren't doing bad but like a lot of them like they don't have they they have fans who show up to the game they don't have those consistent sellouts but i feel like vegas really kind of changed the narrative on that because vegas for is sure. thriving and i feel like they're showing that not only can hockey survive in the desert but it can survive out west too. And I know Utah. Utah is out west, but I don't really put them in the same boat as like New Mexico, Arizona, California, and all that. But I feel like Utah, like Milwaukee, is another like surefire bet of a team that I could definitely see having, or city that could definitely have an NHL team. Well, dude, Utah is right next to Nevada and right above Arizona. Yeah, but I think in my head, I think more of like geography because it's not like covered in deserts and it has mountains and snow. Okay, true, true. But I mean, they have a basketball team, but they don't have a baseball team. They don't have a football team. I mean, I'm sure they would have a lot of people show up if, I don't know, do Mormons like hockey though? If they don't, they will soon. That's true, baby. (laughs) Who's who's Utah's uh, NBA team? Utah Jazz. Oh, are they? Do they have like dedicated fans? Could do they have like? Oh yeah, they yeah, do? they do. But um, okay, well then it could work. What about oh Winnipeg's in Manitoba? I'm thinking of provinces. <laughs> provinces in Canada that don't have an NHL team. And uh, New Brunswick is looking like a. Or, oh, we talked about Nova Scotia, or we talked about New Brunswick. Oh, you know what? We might be talking about New Brunswick. <laughs> Either way, they hey. <laughs> combine them. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> the new, the new Canada. The, the, the UPC, the, new, the, the United the new, Provinces of Canada. The New Brunscotia apples. <laughs> the New, the new <laughs> Scotia apples. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of where my mind is at. I think, you know, there's not a ton of home run places, but Houston's definitely one. I think yeah. Utah could work. Uh, Kansas City might be a decent option as well. Um, like you said, Milwaukee, that would be that would actually be really cool. The only thing about Kansas City though is that it's right next to St. Louis, and St. Right. Louis already has a pretty pretty crazy fan base. I feel like I feel like Utah, Houston, and Milwaukee. I, Houston is the best bet. I think Utah and Milwaukee are fun bets that nobody's really thinking of. What about the conversation about Atlanta though? How do you feel about them having their third swing and probably a miss at an NHL team? Yeah, no, I'd I'd rather not. I would, ra- I would rather not. Just, just you've tried that so many times. Like, if you really want to, I guess go for it. But don't be surprised when you're moving them again in five years. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, I just, I think we talked about this a couple shows too, and I just, I don't think Atlanta and the state of Georgia is ever going to be a hockey city in a hockey state. I just don't think, I mean, they have like three or four like powerhouse college football programs in Georgia or in South Carolina, right in the area. They have the Atlanta Hawks, they have the Atlanta Falcons, and those two teams have had a lot of piss poor seasons recently but damn it those fans still show up in troves and i feel like if you want to break their hearts with one more shitty team by giving them back the thrashers or moving a team to atlanta i feel like that's just too much and i feel like that's already happened twice they've already left twice and i just feel like that's an experiment that's come and gone and let's not revisit that again you just hit two home runs with two new expansion teams in vegas and seattle don't go back to atlanta don't yeah go to houston go to houston what if uh screw it man let's give mexico a team huh mex the uh, mexico city dynamo oh can you imagine i mean the, the league's already international let's just make it all of north america's sport yeah oh man i was hawaii would be fun but that would be a nightmare for yeah, like an east coast team playing hawaii or something like that i feel bad for yeah. hawaii man they never get included in anything i think they like it that way though i think alaska they I've heard of that too. Alaska. I think Alaska is like too far as well. Way too far, dude. You'd have to go through Canada to get there. Yeah. Also, <laughs> you'd, have you would probably... take, you'd have to take one of the deadliest catch boats out through the yeah. to get <laughs> you to would, the You would risk losing Jeremy Swayman in free agency too. True. <laughs> There's no way you he's would. not going back home. <laughs> yeah. Um, honestly, I think that's it for this episode. A nice, nice quick little episode here. Nice little Friday drop. Unless Mel, did you have anything else? Um, nope. I was going to throw out the socials though for people to follow it, unless oh, yeah. you wanted to do it. No, I'll do it. You, you can, you can give us a follow. We are international in, <laughs> in, in terms of our social media presence and platforms right off the rip. You can follow us on Twitter at Bruin something, no G that's where we tweet out every new episode. Uh, we, we tweet it out on the, on the, something's brewing twitter account we also do regular streams on twitch whenever we do that we also tweet out the link to that um we're active on there anything show related whether it be if we're moving a recording date or we're we're fielding voicemails or soliciting questions whatever it is we always do that on twitter so give us a follow on twitter at brewing something no g i just mentioned twitch by the time this drops, this episode drops, we would have recorded, uh, we would have played last night. But you can also follow us on Twitch at Something's Brewing Podcast, just like the name of the show. There is a G in that one, Something's Brewing Podcast. Uh, we try to stream every Thursday, usually around 8.30. We're currently recording this on Thursday. I'm looking at my watch. It's 7.37, so we'll be online in an hour, baby. Yeah, but you, baby. Can, you can subscribe to us on Twitch. Um if you do, you'll get a notification whenever we start streaming. Again, we do ESHL. I know Sully also does uh, NHL franchises, and uh, we might have a PGA thing coming up soon. I don't know if that'll be on our Twitch or something else, but either way, we're very active, so you can follow us there as well. You can um, – should I plug the voicemail line? Yeah, might as well. Hey, screw it. You can also call in our show and leave a voicemail at 508 263 five four listen i know we're in the dog days of the bruins offseason i guess it's still going on for a couple of teams but um call in give us some questions bruins related hockey related life related i've said this before Sully and i aren't therapists but we're more than happy to listen to your problems and discuss them on the pod um am i forgetting anything you can follow us on twitter you can follow sully at 
underscore Mike Sullivan. You can follow myself at Nick Melanson underscore. And the one last thing that I did forget to mention is our YouTube. You can see our faces now and you can see why we've been hesitant to post these videos because we have faces for podcasts. You can follow us on YouTube or subscribe to us on YouTube at Something's Bruin. Um, We try our hardest to upload the recording of every show that we do um, either the day after we record or sometime before the next show. Um, We have, let's see, one, two, we have the last four of the last five episodes up there. Um, We also usually tweet that under our episode drops, but you can go binge a couple of our episodes, see what we look like. Our our Halloween episode, I will say, is a good one. You can see your Halloween costumes. I think that's up there. So um, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, I think I got everything. I think you did, dude. You nailed it. Oh, I was so nervous. <laughs> hey, well, yeah, hey, just I want to remind everybody that we are in partnership with the Black and Gold Productions LLC. You can follow them on Twitter at BNG Productions. Um, feels like we're starting to get to the dog days of the offseason a little bit. Hockey in itself is about to be over. It looks like Florida is in danger getting swept. If they lose tonight at home, it's over. Hey. Um, They've, they've been down big in series before. Hey, if there's a team that's going to do it, it's them. So, yeah. but yeah, hey, thank you guys all for listening. Um, you know, go Panthers, I guess. Go Knights. I don't know. It's You could go either way. But thank you guys for listening. Uh, episode 44 of the Something Bruin podcast. And we will catch you all next week. Bye. Dude, that was good. That was really good. It was I'm playing my toy car. It, it's know. a it's a Disney Aladdin Hot Wheels. Mm. No, that sounded like real. I almost had to go look out my window to see what kind of muscle car was driving by my Damn, house. you flatter me. <laughs> All right, ready?